Think of a young boy being captured and chained by slave traders and worried and scared of what they were going to do to him. He didn't know how it was going to work out. He was just a little kid. Yet somewhere along the way, Joseph came to terms with God and he gave his heart fully to God. He surrendered. I want to share a little bit of the scripture in this story, Genesis 39. Look at a little bit of the text. This is one through five. It says this, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of the Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was, watch this, this is how we know God's with us. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was, what? With him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. Let me ask you, who doesn't want that kind of blessing? kind of blessing that Joseph had. Who doesn't? We all do. We all do. But you know what we don't want? is all the valley moments that came with it. Why was God with Joseph? Why? Because Joseph's heart was with him. And we know this because every time Joseph was in a trial, he responded properly. He was single, and yet he rejected Potiphar's wife. And some people, when they read this, they think, yeah, well, you know, Potiphar's wife, she was probably some old, unattractive woman. Probably not. Potiphar being one of the most powerful, wealthiest men in the world, his wife was probably beautiful, probably closer to Joseph's age than Potiphar's. And think about it. I mean, Potiphar believed the accusation. I want to read the story on with you. 39, 7 through 9 says this. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said this to his master's wife. Check this out. Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I and he has withheld nothing from me. In fact, I have all the riches of Egypt Watch this, except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against Potiphar? That's what it says, right? No, sin against God. Joseph's deep concern was his relationship with God. And when you look at the entire counsel of Scripture, what you'll find is this. When your heart is with God, he is with you. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And Genesis 39.19-23 says this, Now when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him in jail the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the jail. But the Lord was what? With Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was what? 
with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. Here's my challenge today. Have you fully surrendered your heart to God? Have you just said, Lord, here, here it is. I'm going to give it all to you. Maybe some of us have. I know I've done that. And then I come and I take it back. (laughs) You know, I want to be in charge again. When you fully surrender your heart to God, you can rest assured he's with you. And maybe you don't believe God is with you because of your past. We looked at that in week two. Our past could sometimes skew the way we think. Maybe you think, well, God doesn't love me. You don't know what family I came from. Excuse me? Family? Look at Joseph's family. You don't get much more messed up than that. Listen, Joseph didn't get bitter. He got better. That's what I want you to hear this morning. When it comes to relationships and things that happen, and yeah, people are going to wrong you. Hang around me long enough, I'm going to wrong you. It's just, it's just we're fallen beings. But Joseph had every opportunity to get bitter with his family, with Potiphar, you know, prison. But you know what? The cupbearer, he got better. You know what's missing in this story too? I've always wondered. When Joseph becomes the most powerful man in Egypt... When when Pharaoh puts him in charge, we don't hear about him hunting down Potiphar. I mean, I would be like, oh, yeah, there's two people I need to talk to. Potiphar and the cupbearer. Potiphar who got me thrown in prison, I'm going to take care of him. And the cupbearer who forgot me, I'm going to take. You don't hear about this. You know why? I mean, I can't be for sure, but I don't think he did anything. It's not because he was weak. It's because he did not get bitter. He got better. And when things happen to us in our life, we have a choice. We can get bitter and let that fester, let it hurt our relationship, let it hurt our heart. Or we can go, you know what, God? Yeah, this is yours. This is your arena. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow. Joseph always responded with forgiveness because he understood God is in control. Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God, those called according to his purpose. Everything, even the bad, works for good to those of us who love God. Why? Is everything good? No. Everything's not good. Everything works for the good if you let it, if you give it to God. Verse 29 brings it home. For those who he predestined, those he adopted, he predestined to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. That God uses all this mess in our lives to try to mold us to be a little bit more like Jesus. And was Jesus bitter or was Jesus forgiving? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what we do. And Joseph knew God was in control, so he didn't seek revenge. We see this again in the story when his father dies and his brothers are scared because he brings them all. He saves his whole family. They're all hunky-dory in the palace. The man, they're having a time in Egypt. But his brothers in the back of their mind, they go, he's just doing this because dad's here. Something happens to dad, he's going to get us. Let's look at how the story ends. Shara, if you want to go ahead and pass those envelopes out, she's going to pass you an envelope. Please don't open it. I got a little surprise for you today. Genesis fifty eighteen twenty. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we're your slaves. They're like, hey, man, maybe your dream was right. We're, we're willing to be your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God? See, when we seek revenge on people, do you know what position we're putting ourselves in? The position of God, the judge. He says, am I God that I can punish you? They're like, you're the most powerful man around. 
He goes, this is huge. One of the biggest lines that you can learn about relationships in Scripture. Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Let me illustrate what this means. You can go ahead and open those envelopes. Take out what's inside. There should be a little bean in there. I know I'm not the coffee expert of this congregation, but (laughs) we'll have a meeting afterwards and get straightened out. Smell the coffee bean. Smell it. Now, don't put it in your mouth or you might get mad at me later, okay? But smell it. What if I told you that what you're holding is the most expensive coffee bean in the world? Only a couple thousands of pounds are made each year. This coffee is sold by the ounce. It comes from Sumatra, and it's called Kopi Luwak. Kopi is the word for coffee in Indonesia, and Luwak is the word for wildcat. And you can bring that little kitty up there again if you want to, honey. This is the Kopi Luwak kitty. He's the Juan Valdez of kitties. He comes out at night, and what he does is he eats these little coffee berries whole. He doesn't chew them, swallows them whole. The berries pass through his digestive tract. Then the next morning, the locals come pick the berries out of the poop, and they, you know, uh, what do they do, roast them? They, I hope they rinse them off first. And they roast them, and then they produce Kopi Luwak, the smoothest, best-tasting coffee in the world. Let me tell you this. You say, I haven't ever drank Kopi Luwak. You probably have. If you ever stayed at a five-star hotel and they had coffee and you go, wow, this is smooth. This is really good. You were drinking cat poop. (laughs) You were drinking Kopi Luwak. I would have never tried it, but I found out afterwards what it was. And now I'll drink it all day long. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to let you know. It's not really Kopi Luwak because I can't afford Kopi Luwak. <laughs> Somebody over there knew it. He was looking at it, smelling it. I, I saw you over there. <laughs> I can't afford that. How many of you took the bean and threw it back in there and went gross? <laughs> what I want to know about Kopi Luwak is who's the first dude or gal who actually tried it? I mean, where do you get that? Hey, let's pick this out of the poop. I mean, I'm saying he lost a bet or something, right? It's like, hey, if you lose, you got to drink that, right? Well, the reason I tell you this story is this. Kopi Luwak reminds us that some of God's greatest works come from some of the most unlikely circumstances. See, Joseph's life looked like a big pile of cat poop. But Joseph knew God is bigger than than circumstances and people. And that's what I want you to know through this three-part sermon series with relationships. God is bigger than circumstances and people. When things go south, don't get bitter. Get better and take it to God. We need to learn this same lesson because God, listen, is in the business of making copy out of all sorts of luwak. And when it comes to our relationships, we need to put him at the center 
We need to let him be the wonderful counselor. We need to let him reconcile us, not just to God, but as much as it depends on you, be at peace with all men, the Bible teaches us. And so when it happens, I want you to keep that bean, even though it's not real, Kopi Luak, and put it back in your envelope and take it home with you. And the next time you're hurt, the next time you're betrayed, I want you to remember God. And I want you to look at that bean and say, God can take this Kopi and turn it into Luak. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much that although we betrayed you as people, you sent Jesus to reconcile us to God. You cared so much for us. You cared so much for the relationship we have with you. You had to fix it. So you sent Jesus. He lived the life we could not live. He died the death that we deserved to give us new life in him. And he restored not only our relationship to God, but he restored our relationships to one another. And God, we need your help because relationships are complex and they can go bad. Holy Spirit of God, would you increase our capacity to love one another? Would you increase our capacity to forgive our brothers, our sisters, our children, our parents, all that you bring in contact with us? Lord, would we be reminded that relationships with you and with others are what life's all about? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus taught us that, and he modeled it. God, we love you, and we thank you for the relationships you've granted us. Help us, Lord, as we journey on. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.